Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, hosted by Alan J. Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Have you ever paid those expensive junk removal companies to take away some of your stuff? Only to say to yourself, as a truck drives off down the street, some of that stuff wasn't junk. Did they try to sell it for you and give you some money back? No. Well, now there is a company that can do just that. Listen to our weekly junk refund show on BBS Radio TV to learn how one lady spent $375 on junk removal and got $3,200 back. 1-800-JUNK-REFUND represents the next generation of junk removal. Learn how to not only save your money on junk removal, but how to get some money coming back. Plus, purchase one of our radio vouchers during the show to save even more on your junk removal. Let's get the junk out of your home and out of your life. Now, with your host... Alan J. Cook. Hey, everybody. It's my favorite time of the week. Thursdays at 3 Eastern time where we get to come on the radio and do an hour of the Junk Refund Show, which I am doing for you right now from the cab of an Enterprise rental truck, 16-foot box truck that we just had down in Mount Rainier, Maryland, cleaning out a very large old home that is going on the market soon. And I'm telling you, there is all kinds of stuff sitting in this place that has been sitting in this place for quite some time. It is not a spotless, clean, let's put this one on TV kind of a, uh, kind of a, kind of a situation. It is, it is a little bit of a mess, but we're getting it done. And we just dropped off a couple of workers from helping out so that I can do the radio show and talk about all things having to do with junk removal. I am right now backing into a parking spot at everybody's favorite place this time of year, the United States Post Office, where we're all going to be rushing in to uh, do our thing and drop the packages off, and hopefully they'll get delivered in time, etc. So... I am going to be here doing the show. There's plenty of room in this parking lot, and it's a very convenient place to be, and I'm thrilled to be here. So that's a a good thing. Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, where every week we try and teach you how to get the junk out of your living rooms and your garages, but not only that, and your office buildings, etc., but not only that, we try to teach you how to get it out of your life as well. And we think that's a, uh, a pretty cool approach to be honest with you. So we're, we're excited to be here. Uh, thanks to Don and Doug Newsom. Doug is our producer today, um, uh, and we're grateful to have them here. They are the founders of BBS Radio TV, bbsradio.com. You can call us up live during the show, ask us anything you want to about all things junk removal, and we will give you our best answer based on 20 years of experience doing this six days a week for about 10 hours a day. A um, couple of things I just want to mention off the top of my head. Um, one of them is, is kind of a, a funny thing, to be honest with you, but it's, uh, it's an experience that happened to me about an hour ago. It's called ghosting. Now, ghosting, for those of you in kind of my generation, I'm 65, this is something that kind of popped up in the generation below us, I think, and has kind of come on this on the scene in the last few years, especially in the online dating world. Ghosting is where you just walk away from somebody and you don't say anything, right? And it's not just a dating thing. It's a, it's a life thing as well. So I had somebody that I was really excited to have on the show today as a guest. And as we were talking about it just kind of by texting a couple of hours ago, it turns out that um, from what I can tell, Something may have gone wrong on her end, and she just could not get on the show. But instead of telling me that, she's just disappeared. So don't ever do that to somebody, I guess is my point. Don't, don't ever just walk away from somebody without saying something in, 
relationships, in business, in life, in friendships, in family, or whatever, one of the most childish, immature, rudest things you can do, in my opinion, to somebody else is just turn your back, walk away, and don't respond to them anymore. I've had this happen to me in the dating world. A great girl that I dated for and I've known for quite a few years, and we were getting pretty serious, and it got to a point where um, there was kind of one little, um, not an ultimatum, I guess, but I don't know, maybe it could be interpreted that way, that I had kind of laid down. I basically said, hey, when you can get such and such done, when you get this done, just call me, and then we can move forward, etc." That was 18 months ago, and I never heard from anybody. And in the subsequent months, as I've reached out a couple of times, no response. No answer, no response. So think about this for a moment. When you make the decision to just turn around and walk away from somebody, you create some problems for yourself. You put baggage on your shoulders. The first problem you have is you have to explain to them why you did that should you ever see them again. The second problem you have is that your reputation drops because you did an immature, rude, uncool thing by just turning around and walking away. This ghosting is the kind of thing that like six-year-old kids on the playground do at recess when Sally doesn't treat Jane well enough. So Jane just says, that's it. I'm done. I'm never talking to Sally again. And she just refuses to talk to Sally again, right? I mean, it's that kind of a childish, immature thing. So... It's the exact opposite of communication. And I have interviewed on radio shows before couples who were married for 65 years. And I said to them, what are, what's, the, what's the magic secret of being married for 65 years? And the guy immediately said, it's the five C's. I said, what do you mean? And he's laid off five things having to do with C. One of them was compromise, and one of them was communication, right? So you build relationships by communicating with people and you build a reputation by communicating with people, not by turning your back and walking away. That doesn't solve anything. Not to mention the fact that now in your subconscious, you're carrying around a little bit of guilt that you're always going to have with you because if you ever bump into that person again, you have to explain why you rudely just turned around and walked away. So much better if you don't want to talk to somebody or you don't want to you know, do something or whatever, fine. Just explain to them that that's something you don't want to do. Thank them very much and move on, right? But at least communicate with them. Don't just ghost them and then think that you're cool. There's nothing cool about being ghosted. I, from a church standpoint, right, for example, suppose God, can you imagine God ever ghosting you? I mean, really. Can you imagine him just turning his back? I don't care. I'm leaving. I'm, you know, say your prayers all day long. I'm not going to answer them and I'm not going to listen. And I'm not going to explain to you why, where I went or why I did or whatever. Can you imagine a, a, a deity just ghosting you, just leaving you helpless? I mean, and alone. I, can you imagine a good parent just saying, I mean, in fact, not saying anything, just leaving? Can you imagine? Christmas time of year, you go home for Christmas and the house is locked, your parents are gone, you have no idea where they are and they won't answer your calls. I mean, that's, that's just as bad as it gets. So anyway, I think, I think in, and, and I'm a big fan of the younger generations here, believe me, because I work with them in a lot of different ways, but this concept that started, I'm not sure how long ago, called ghosting is not a good thing. It's a very rude childish, immature thing, and it's the exact opposite of communication. So anyway, I want to get that one off my shoulders. There you go. Thanks for listening. Don't ever ghost anybody. Be an adult. Tell somebody and communicate with them why it is you feel the way you do, or at least communicate with them and say, hey, you're a great guy, but I just don't, I just don't see a need to keep chatting with you anymore, or whatever. At least be upfront, communicate with them, and go from there. So, on to a topic I was going to talk about on the show with a guest um, that, that was not able to come on. Um, I, I have had, and I've mentioned this before in the past, and this was very applicable in the last two weeks, a wonderful experience with Frontier Airlines. 
Now, this is one of the discounted airlines that everybody kind of loves to hate. You know, Spirit and Frontier kind of are, you know, airline swear words in a lot of people's mind, right? Not in mine. I, I fly these guys quite frequently, especially Frontier. And I enjoy what they've done for me. It came into play two weeks ago when I was flying back and forth across this country like I was going next door, you know, to borrow a cup of sugar from a neighbor or something. Um, I was able to do it because my airfares were so cheap. I posted one on Facebook where I went out for my stepfather's funeral and the the flight from Washington, D.C. to Salt Lake City was $24.81. And that was because I am a Go Wild Pass member, which is a pass you can buy at Frontier on their website, flyfrontier.com. You can check this pass out. You can buy it right now for about four ninety nine, and it gives you free flights for a year, except you have to pay the airport taxes, which is what the 25 bucks was when I went to Salt Lake. And not only does it work for domestic flights, it works for international flights as well. The catch on it is that when you fly domestically, you book the flights 24 hours in advance, which means you can't always go in and book your return flight, right? But as somebody who's used this for maybe eight months now, something like that, and used it a lot, I've never been stuck. I've never been without a return flight. I'm flying just about to any city in the United States for around $30 one way. And I'm excited to do some international stuff with them soon and go to some other places, um, which will work out. I think it's going to work out great. When you fly internationally, you book the flights 10 days in advance. Now, that's a good thing because now you got some time to kind of play with it, book the return flight, book the, you know, the out, outbound flight, et cetera. So anyway, I think that's a pretty cool thing. The other thing with these guys is that you, you start to rack up the frequent flyer miles, and you only have to rack up 20,000 miles, and you get what's called elite status. And with elite status, you get to board the plane first, On many occasions, I've literally been the first person on the plane, and I've walked on, I've seen the flight attendants, and I've said, okay, I'm here, let's go, right? But um, they've never just gone. They've let the rest of the people board first, or board also. But anyway, nice airline. So I've had a lot of fun with this, and I also get, without having to pay an upgrade charge, I get the best seats. I'm six foot three. I love the exit rows. I love the exit rows that recline. And uh, they're extra padded seats. And, you know, so anyway, I get all those perks for free, not to mention a free carry on just because I'm uh, I've flown with them enough that I've racked up enough miles. And these planes, I'm telling you, are like they just rolled off the factory presses. They're they're new. They're polished. They're complete. I mean, I I never get on a plane and go, man, I hope this thing makes it because it's a 30 year old plane. Right. They're, they have very good aircraft. And so anyway, just a just a positive plug for Frontier Airlines and the fact that it's a very small world these days and you can get around the United States very quickly, very quickly, just by taking advantage of of, of the airfares and the flights that are there. I think you can go from, say, Boston to San Diego in about five to six hours these days. And I went in the last two weeks, I went from Washington, D.C. to Utah for three days, flew back on a Sunday night, went to some business appointments in Washington on Monday, flew back to Salt Lake Monday night, went to my daughter's play called Savior of the World in Salt Lake City, where she's the assistant executive director, went to that dress rehearsal on Tuesday night because that's the only night I could go because the rest of the season, the performances are all sold out. So I went to that on Tuesday night. Wednesday, I need to find flights to get me to Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, so I can go see my stud nephew and his wife and their kids for Thanksgiving. And I went to flyfrontier.com. And here's a little trick that I'll tell you. I Dinner on Thanksgiving Day was supposed to be at noon, and they had some other guests coming over. And when I looked at the round, uh, the one-way fare from Salt Lake City to Raleigh, it wasn't going to get me into Raleigh until about 2.30. They're about 45 minutes from the airport. So I wouldn't have gotten there until about, what, 3.30 probably. 
3.30, and I didn't want to throw off their dinner. So that was the best I could do from Salt Lake to Raleigh. But when I went in and said, okay, what about one way from Denver to Raleigh, a different option showed up. You can fly from Denver to Philadelphia, from Philadelphia to Raleigh, and you get into Raleigh at 10.30 in the morning. So I went ahead and booked that flight from Denver to Raleigh for $25. And then all I had to do was get from Salt Lake to Denver, and I had all day Wednesday to do it because the flight leaving Denver to go to Philadelphia is an overnight flight. It doesn't leave till like midnight, Thanksgiving morning. And I'm one of these crazy guys that doesn't mind that because I'm traveling by myself. So I booked another flight, a separate one-way ticket from Salt Lake to Denver, Again, another 30 bucks or so, and it worked out great. And I was able to go to, go to a stepfather's funeral. I was able to see my family. Uh, my, you know, nine of my 10 siblings were there for the funeral, a bunch of nieces and nephews. I mean, it was wonderful. And I was able to make all of the appointments. I made the Thanksgiving dinner in Raleigh, which meant a lot to my nephew. And then on Friday... I uh, turned around and hopped on the Megabus for about 40 bucks, and the Megabus drove me from Raleigh back up to Washington, D.C., and there you go. But it was a great, busy time with lots of traveling going on, so I just have to tell you, as one who has hopped across the country twice in the last two weeks and did it for about $60 round trip each time, I'm here to tell you that you can do that. And that I'm not making this up, and I saved hundreds of dollars on each of those flights by using the Go Wild Pass on Frontier Airlines. So I just wanted to do a shout-out to Frontier Airlines for their Go Wild Pass, for the great service that they give, for, you know, contrary to what a lot of people say who just do not like the low-cost, you know, airlines that charge you for bags and stuff like that, um, I am a very happy camper. And I have yet to have a really bad problem with all the flying that I've done with these guys. And I appreciate the fact I, I get on some of these flights now and I know the flight attendants, you know, first name basis kind of thing. So I'm just really uh, thrilled with what's happened and, and the way it's worked. And I still have another five or six months to use the pass that I bought last year to save even more. So it's kind of like what's not to like in this scenario. It's a pretty good scenario, all things considered. So anyway, if you're, uh, if you're one of those people who doesn't mind a layover in Denver or doesn't mind an overnight flight once in a while or doesn't mind, you know, just I guess everything else is pretty normal. I mean, I, what what is there to mind about being able to board the plane first, right? I, I hate standing in long lines. I'm a TSA member. That cost me 85 bucks. But I'm also a CLEAR member, C-L-E-A-R member, when a buddy of mine from uh, Sacramento, California, came out to Washington, and we went to a Washington Nationals game, and he travels a lot, and he has a pass that gets him through security using CLEAR. And that little pass also works at some major league ballparks. So you can imagine the big long lines to get into a professional baseball game. I was looking at him in Washington, D.C. a number of months ago, and my buddy said, hey, no problem, come with me. And we went over to the clear line, and, and in like three minutes we were, we were through and inside the park, right? And I went, that's it, I'm, I'm becoming a clear member. So I signed up for it the next time I was in Chicago. So I use either clear or I use TSA. To get through the lines, I never, and I, I go, I fly out of Salt Lake to come back home a lot of times. And I'm telling you, those lines, when I was there around Thanksgiving, those lines, I don't know how many hundred people were in lines in the regular line to get through TSA, but I went right to the front with my clear pass, didn't wait at all. And I love that. That's one of the ways to get the junk out of your travel life, folks. Cut down the amount of time that you spend in line by either paying the money to get the, the TSA pass, which is good for five years, or pay a little bit more money to get the clear pass, which is good for one year, and I'm telling you, you will never regret it. 
All right, so there's the first third of the show. A couple of bits of information there that I just wanted to chat about. We're going to come back and talk about some Christmas traditions. We're going to talk about uh, basically how to be happy, and we're going to talk about some some bottom-line how-tos that will help you get some of the junk out of your home. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com. I'm your host, Alan Cook. I'll be back in about a minute. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Thank you. We're back here. This is your host, Alan Cook, with the Junk Refund Show, uh, coming to you live from the U.S. Post Office, United States Post Office parking lot in Durwood, Maryland, with a truck, a 16-foot box truck, where the front half is full of junk that's basically bagged up from a house that we're just cleaning out, and the back half is full of metal, which I'm going to take as soon as this show is over, just a couple of miles away to a metal scrapyard, and they're going to pay me for the metal and I'm going to be a happy camper. So um, anyway, you're catching me in the middle of a in the middle of a work day, but I also I always love to just kind of stop and chat about what's going on in the world of junk removal and bring you up to speed with what we've learned. So let me tell you about a job we did uh, a couple of days ago, and also just for those of you that are business owners, the value of putting on a special when it was Labor Day. I wanted to do something special. You know, when the holidays come around, any holiday during the year, it's a good excuse, kind of a catalyst to create a special deal for your customers. So when Labor Day came around, I was trying to think, let's see, what can I do? And I thought, well, labor, you know, going to work. When was the first time I went to work officially? I was 15 years old. I worked at a Mr. Steak restaurant in Provo, Utah. And I was, I guess, probably a junior in high school about that time, something like that, maybe a sophomore. And I started out as a dishwasher, and then they promoted me to be a busboy. And that was 1973. So I'm 15 years old, 1973. I officially entered the workforce. So I thought, okay, we'll have some fun with that. So I created a special deal for house cleanouts and office cleanouts We normally charge $695 for a 12-foot box truck of stuff to be hauled away. There are companies in the Washington, D.C. area that will charge you eight or 900 bucks for that. And we try to save people maybe 20% on the cost of their junk removal compared to these bigger companies. So I put together a special where when you go in and clean out a house, let's just say an average home or a condo or an apartment or whatever, but pretty much a single-family home where it's a little bit bigger. Most of the time, you have five or six truckloads of stuff that have to be hauled away. At six ninety-five per truckload, and this is a 12-foot box truck, like the size truck you'd rent from Home Depot, you know, that's an enclosed truck, sliding door in the back. Um, six ninety-five. it's about five of those, and so that runs around $3,500 to haul the junk out of a house and get it ready for sale. But what I decided to do was make 15 special vouchers available for $1,973 instead of $3,500. That's a 43% savings. We've got four left. The job that I just came from um, is a home that's, that's apparently going into bankruptcy, and they've had some trouble getting it cleaned out and everything, and this, this deal saves them about fifteen or sixteen hundred dollars on the price of getting this uh, cleaned out, and, and and I don't know that we'll get it all cleaned out for just five truckloads, but we've made a, a serious dent in it anyway. Um, but I made fifteen of these available. We sold eleven of them, 
right, in the last couple of months, and realtors have heard about this, and they're excited about it, and we just, um, we basically sell it like a Groupon. You go in and off our website, and you buy it. It's a Labor Day special. It's up on the website. It's good for anywhere in the country, and it basically gives you a $3,500 junk removal job for just under two grand. Now, that's a good deal, period. That just is a great deal. And everything else is the same. And if we have to travel somewhere across the country to do the job, we don't charge you for the travel because I'm a Diamond member at Wyndham Resorts. And so I use, I get points all the time for hotel stays. And so when I go on the road to do a job for somebody, I just use some of my points to book the hotel room. So the hotel, the hotel doesn't cost me anything. I go to my friends at Enterprise Rent-A-Truck and I rent a, either a box truck or a pickup truck. These guys are great. I'm sitting in an enterprise truck right now. And I don't mind telling you when, when you, in my business, you know, when you're cleaning out homes, you need a bigger truck, et cetera. You can rent a 16 foot box truck for about $80 a day and about $30 a day for insurance. And so you, and if you, if you rent it for five days, you get two days free. So you basically get it for a week for around 600 bucks approximately. That's not a bad price at all. And then you take it and you go out and try and, you know, make 600 bucks the first day and then it's gravy the rest of the week kind of thing. So anyway, a uh, shout out to the folks at Enterprise Rental Truck, Rental Truck. They do a great job and we have a national account with them and they're terrific and uh, they're everywhere. So, so that, that's, a, that's a great thing. But anyway, you can look up the Labor Day special if you have a house that needs to be cleaned out, an office building. We just cleaned out an office building in McLean, Virginia where they, they bought this same deal. And uh, we're cleaning out, I think we have two more homes. We start one tomorrow. We start another one on the 13th of December here in the D.C. area. Then our people also bought this deal. So it, it is a great deal. And if you have a decent-sized home or even a regular average-sized home that's going to need to be cleaned out so you can put it on the market for sale, the Labor Day Special is something that you might want to check out. Now, here's because this is a junk removal show, it's always a good idea to give people a few ideas about how to keep the junk out of their life. Um, we did a job last week where we went down into this guy's basement. This this guy had passed away, and he's one of these one of these guys that just has you know the workshop down in the corner of his basement. All these tools lined up on the wall, perfectly symmetrical, etc. But he had a cabinet and some, some shelves where on the bottom of the shelves he had attached some small baby food jars, basically. You know the small ones that got the crushed peas in them and stuff? He had, he had used those jars to collect all different kinds of bolts and nuts. And he probably had 150 of these, some of them sitting free in shelves, in a in a, a basically a bookshelf container type thing that he had against his wall, but then he had a bunch of them just nailed to the bottom of some other shelves, and you had all kinds of sizes of nails and nuts and bolts in these little baby food jars. Now, can you imagine 150 of these jars, all these kind of nuts and things in there? Now, I don't know the logic behind that, and I don't know the thought process, but I'm going to suggest that it was kind of one of those things where, hey, these are good nails. I may use these someday, right? That word may is the killer word, folks. May or might means, sorry, you're probably never going to use these. But there's a generation that said, hang on to it. You might need it, right? So they hang on to it. Now, think about this. You have a whole workshop downstairs and I'm talking to you guys right now okay you have a whole workshop downstairs that have a bunch of nuts and bolts in it that you've been hanging on to for years saying to yourself I don't want to throw these away these are good nuts and bolts the question isn't the condition of the nuts and bolts the question is the practicality of ever using them it's not a question of if they're good it's a question of what are they good for and if you can't answer that question, then they have no purpose. And hanging on to them is futile. Because then what you end up doing is paying a guy like me to come in with our crew and, like we did yesterday or the day before, 
unscrew 150 of these little bottles and dump them, dump the nails and nuts and bolts into a bucket and take the bucket over to the metal scrapyard and recycle all of those little babies. And then we toss the little jars with their lids into a trash bag, and those either get recycled or just dumped at the dump. Now, you got to just think about this. I mean, I saw, we, we opened up one box. I don't know how many decades it's been sitting down in this house, but we opened up one box, and it had seven different old phone sets in them. And I'm talking about the dial-up phones with the little curly wires that ran from the receiver to the phone itself, right? The wires are wrapped around the phone. All Why in the world would you hang on to your old phones? For what? For what purpose? And finally, see, then you pay us, and we come along and go, oh, I wonder why these phones are here. And we recycle those and cut the wire off and recycle that and, and et cetera. I just, sometimes I think there's comfort that people get by not throwing something away because they say to themselves, oh, I've still got it. I might use that someday. And that makes them feel good. But the fact is, especially for you guys, if you needed to suddenly go get, if you needed some nails for a project in your home, let's be honest. What are you going to do? You're going to go to Home Depot and for $2.12, you're going to buy the nails that you need brand new nails because you're proud of your project and you want nothing but the best equipment and parts to go into this project. And you're going to completely forget that you have plenty of nails downstairs in one of these little jars that you could use for this project because your pride's not going to let you use a new used nail. You're going to go get the very best and it's not going to cost you much. So the stuff sitting in the jars downstairs in your little cubby hole or your work area just sits in the jars for 20 or 30 or 40 years and never gets used. It just takes up space, and it never gets used. So I have opened up cigar boxes in the last 48 hours that were labeled on the outside, telephone repair parts. And you open it up, and there's a conglomerate of little small parts that go to telephones sitting in this box that have sat in this box for decades. I have looked at all different kinds of metal stuff, tools, um, wires, um, electrical connectors, you know, that, that people just will not throw away because I guess they say to themselves, you know, this is a good thing and it's worth something and one of these days I might use it. And one of these days never comes and it's not a saleable item because it's just too small or too outdated and you end up paying a guy like me to come in and get rid of it. And uh, that adds to your cost, right? So it's just been an interesting thing the last few days to see some of the stuff that has accumulated, particularly in the basement of this one home, where a guy was apparently may have been a brilliant, you know, part-time carpenter or engineer or I had an electrician. I have no idea. But, man, I, I just the tools that we hauled away and the age of these tools and the, the rustiness on the tools and every little place you turned, there's another small container attached to a wall or the bottom of a shelf. And it's got more nuts and bolts and screws in it. Right. And I'm just going, why? I mean, what, I don't understand the thought process there, but, the good news is that's all been cleaned up, got a nice clean, you know, workshop now that somebody can come in and look at the home and go, hey, I could make a workshop here and, you know, collect nuts and bolts myself. I don't know what they're going to do, but at least we got it cleaned up and at least that's taken care of. Now, got to shift gears. So I guess what I'm trying to say is remember the concept that it's not a question of if it's a good item. It's a question of what is it good for? now and what are the odds we will use it at some time in the future and if you can't answer those questions with certainty then there's a 90 percent chance you're never going to use it and it's going to sit there for decades so get rid of it you don't i mean you know send it down the road let it get recycled and someone else can use it somewhere i guess is what i'm saying and instead of hanging on to it yourself 
I do have to tell you, and kind of shifting gears a little bit, there was another item down there. There was a box of old wooden clothespins. Now, these are the clothespins that you would use to, you know, hang shirts and underwear and socks out on the clothesline and let the wind dry it during the day, right? And these things are kind of, I don't know, they're maybe four or five inches long, and they're kind of split about halfway down, and they're just basically old wooden clothespins, right, from days gone by. Now, I watched a Christmas program on Sunday night with a leader from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a guy who is brilliant, a guy named Garrett W. Gong, G-O-N-G. You might want to Google that name sometime. This guy is one of the 12 apostles of the Church, one of the highest-ranking you know, authorities in the Church, and he went to school at Oxford. He is a Rhodes Scholar, which is about as good as it gets. And he gave a talk talking about Christmas traditions in his family. And he talked about what they did at Christmas time in, uh, I guess, London, Oxford, etc. I'm not sure, um, when he and his wife were in graduate school at Oxford. They didn't have much money, as you can imagine. Christmas was coming up. So this brilliant wife of his took these wooden um, clothespins and painted them and put little things on them to represent important things in their life. And those clothespins became their Christmas ornaments. Now, it's amazing to me that the very next day after I saw that talk and how excited he was, and he still has them, and they still put them on their tree, and he even showed some of them. Some of them are painted to be you know, the kids that these guys have had over the years and the grandkids. And there's one painted of him and there's one painted of the beef eater guards at the Tower of London and all this cool stuff. Um, his wife did all this painting and turned some basic clothespins into Christmas ornaments. Now, there's a spirit behind that that is the real spirit of Christmas, in my opinion. It's about joy. It's about simplicity. It, it, it doesn't have to cost a bunch of money. You simply make do with what you have, and you find the joy that comes in doing that. And I think there's some magic in that approach to life that sure captured my attention when he showed us and showed the world, really, as this was broadcast around the world, some of these clothespins that now must be 40 years old, 50 years old, something like that. And they're magical. I mean, I just thought it was such a great idea that you make do with what you have and you just make it work. So I've written seven books in my life. Um, the second one that I wrote, that was kind of the first official published one, is called How to Have Your Best Christmas Ever, and it was the story of my Christmas back in 2012. And the, the Garrett Gong analogy that I could use with that particular Christmas is that as we were cleaning out an apartment back in December of 2012, and this was going to be, it looked to me like it could be, the first Christmas that I might be spending alone in you know my life, basically. And I wasn't on the cover thrilled about that, but I also was trying to be realistic and thought, you know what, you might end up by yourself for Christmas, so you might want to plan accordingly. My Christmas tree that year was a tree that was thrown out at an apartment complex that we were at that someone had taken down to the loading dock and was getting rid of early. And I saw that, and I asked the maintenance guy, hey, can I just take that tree? He goes, yeah, please do. Our hands. It wasn't the tallest tree, it wasn't the skinniest tree, but it was a pretty darn good tree. I took it home, I gave it some life, I decorated it, I made it my Christmas tree for that year. One of my favorite trees ever, because I saved it from going into a dumpster, right? Can't beat the cost either. So anyway, we'll come back, I'll talk some more, a little bit about some Christmas traditions and some more junk removal how-tos and 
things to do that will, can kind of get the junk out of your life. But you're listening to the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com. We'll be back in about a minute. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Newsome brothers, Doug and Don, they have such great radio voices and they do such a great job as our producers for this show. And we are proud to be on their their network and on their station and double check the uh, the episodes that we've done are up on podcast. Now there's a couple of different podcasts where we're out there. One that's done by Junk Refund, one that's done by BBS Radio. And you can go back and listen to all these different fun shows that we've done. But um, a quick plug for, given it's Christmas time, there are a lot of people out there who do not have their favorite time of year at Christmas. There are a bunch of reasons for that, but some people are going, oh, crap, it's Christmas again, okay? If you know somebody like that, you might want to check out the second book that I wrote called How to Have Your Best Christmas Ever. It's on Amazon. And it's a fun little book. It's not a big, thick book. It's kind of an easy read. It's a paperback, and I think you can get it in a Kindle edition as well. But on other people who have read this book have said that it's like opening up a Hershey's Kiss on every page, or it's like eating a bite of a Cinnabon on every page. Now, those are not my words. Those are the words of people who've bought the book and read it and reviewed it and stuff. How to Have Your Best Christmas Ever by Alan J. Cook is an appropriate book to look at this year if you need somebody or if you've got somebody who just needs a little bit of a pick-me-up at this time of year. And it's particularly great if you give it to them before Christmas so they can take advantage of the principles that are in there um, before the holiday comes. I ended up in 2012. I have four children. I had two of them. Uh, my oldest daughter, my youngest daughter, came out and and spent some time with me at Christmas, and I just had the best time in the world that year. Um, it really was one of my best Christmases ever, and I didn't even have my full family with me, and I was separated from my wife, and I was and the possibility of getting divorced was getting greater and greater. There are a lot of reasons why my Christmas of 2012 should have been crappy and horrible. And yet I kind of flipped it and made it one of my best Christmases ever, so much so that I felt like other people might be able to learn from this experience, and that's why I turned it into a book. So How to Have Your Best Christmas Ever, uh, check it out on Amazon. It's a great little um, novelette, I guess we'll call it, but it's uh, it's not fiction. It's in true to form of what I did that year to make Christmas so much fun. And it worked, and it was terrific. Um, I'll tell you one of the things I did, and and I, a shout out to my young daughter, my youngest daughter Maggie, who told me years ago about a website called EasyDrawingTutorials.com. Now I haven't been on there for a couple of years, but I would go in there, and basically you could pick out a Disney character or a cartoon character or a Marvel character or something like that. And it would take you through about a 16-step process and show you how to draw a sketch of one of those characters. So one of the things I did in 2012 was I, I decided to draw a character for the people that were really important to me. I did it for, uh, I, I drew Snow White for my mother. I drew Aladdin 
for my son. Um, I drew, I think, Ariel for one of my other kids, and I drew a couple others, you know, Disney characters and princesses for my other daughters. And it was just a wonderful thing to do. But then one of the problems I had, and this will this will show you kind of how your values shift at times, is that I drew these sketches. These are basically what I guess I used. I you draw them in pencil, and then you come back in and you you do some you know take a black marker, a thin marker, and you turn those lines into black lines, right? And then you take some other thin, maybe medium thin, colored felt tip markers, and you color it in with that. So it's not a watercolor; it's a it's a felt tip marker type drawing, right? But the thing that's amazing to me is that if you follow what they teach you to do step by step, that your drawing ends up looking like a professional drawing, and you did it yourself. So I got to tell you, too, in the process, you've got a number two lead pencil that you're using, and you've got a sheet of paper on some kind of a, of a clipboard, and then you've got an eraser. And I'm here to tell you that the most important part of those three items is the eraser, because that eraser allows you to wipe out anything you did that you felt like was not good enough, right? You just use the eraser. I learned pretty quickly the value of a good eraser. Um, and and, and it, it is much more important than the pencil, and it's even more important than the paper because it allows you to erase your mistakes, gives you a chance to do it again, and try it again so that hopefully it looks a lot better, right? And so that's what I did. I really gained a, a great appreciation for an eraser. But yours truly, after I go through and I drew five or six of these drawings, I took them and put them to keep them clean and, you know, separate so they don't get bent or anything. I put them inside of a large hardbound book that was on my coffee table that was kind of like, you know, visit Washington, D.C. with a whole bunch of photos or something like that. I put them in that book. And if you can imagine, I then, because of, I don't know if I was getting ready to move or something, you know, about that time of year or something. I put them in this book and then somehow, if I remember right, boxed up a bunch of books from my living room, donated the books. And if you can imagine, forgot that my drawings were inside one of those books. Until a couple of days when I went to get the drawings, and okay, this is perfect. I can go frame these and send them. And I go, wait a minute, where's the book? Oh, you idiot! You donated it, and I can't track. I couldn't track it down. Thank heavens! I took photos of each of my drawings. I then took took those photos, sent them to an iPad, pulled them up on the iPad, blew them up big enough, and then went in and retraced the outlines on each of those drawings, and then recolored them in again. I am here to tell you that when I realized that my drawings were gone. And all the time I had put into those drawings as a custom gift for my kids and my mother and et cetera, all I wanted in the world was those drawings back. I mean, you could have offered me a new Mercedes and I was said, no thanks. I'd rather take the drawings. Do you have the drawings? That's what I wanted back. There's a principle there that says, you know, the stuff that you spend time on becomes valuable to you. And, I spent time on those drawings because they were for my kids. And it was a custom gift from me, hand-picked, hand-done, every one of them for my kids and my mother and maybe half a dozen drawings or something that I had total. And it crushed me, absolutely crushed me, brought me to tears when I realized that inadvertently I had discarded those. And how, I mean, that just tells you how wacky I can be sometimes. How can you possibly not remember that the stuff you've been working on for weeks is preserved inside of a coffee book table? And how could you possibly box that thing up and go donate it and not remember that your drawings are inside? I mean, obviously, I had a lot going on in my life at that, that particular year. But I resurrected them 
using an iPad and a little bit of technology. And by the time I drew them the second time, I restored what I had lost. And that meant a great deal to me. And I was able to give them as gifts. And boy, did people love that, those gifts. I just thought that was, that was really fun. So, by the way, if you're listening to the show and you're saying they're going, dang, I've got a story just like that, or I, I would love to share a Christmas story, you can call the show anytime. I should have told you this 45 minutes ago. 888-627-6008 to talk about junk removal, Christmas, anything we're discussing in the show today, or anything out of left field that you think we might be able to help you with, having to get the junk out of your home, your office, or your life, we're happy to take your call. 888-627-6008. So it's been a, uh, it's been a fun um couple of days cleaning out homes um i have mentioned in fact i've done complete shows before that had to do with scrap metal and the value of taking scrap metal into a scrap metal yard i've got half a truck full of metal right now that i'll be taking in and i gotta tell you something else if you're a business owner um the lifeblood of your business is probably advertising right you you need to get the word out to let people know what you're doing I'm sitting here in my truck right now with about 30 postcards that advertise a special that we do during the show. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area and you call the show and speak to either Doug or Don as our producer for that week and just give them your name and number, you will not be on the show. But if you just give them your name and number, they will call me or email me afterwards. And we will give you a pickup truck full of junk removal, 120 cubic feet of stuff, a pickup truck of junk removal that is normally $229, you'll get it for $79. It's a special deal available only during the time that we're on the air, Thursdays from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. You just call the show, 888-627-6008. Tell the producers you want to get one of the vouchers. They'll just you just give them your name and number. You won't be on the show. You're just going to talk to them privately. Give them your name and number in the D.C. area. They will then let me know about it afterwards, and then I will send you a link, and it will allow you to buy a quarter truckload of junk removal, which is like a pickup truck full of stuff, for seventy nine bucks instead of what's normally two hundred twenty nine dollars. The cheapest you can buy that elsewhere other than the radio show is for $99, and you buy that off of Groupon. Now, we've done that for years, thousands of jobs we've done on Groupon. And if you want to have some fun, go to Groupon.com, look up 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, and read our reviews. There's about 450 reviews on there with a 97% customer satisfaction rating. And they're getting posted all the time. Um, feel free to go in and read those babies, and that will give you a good sense of what we do. I also want to direct you to our um, our Facebook page, 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, but also our YouTube channel under the same name, 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, and check out the different videos of the different jobs we've done around the country and all the stories that we generate. I love to make videos of these jobs, especially when I go out of town, because you never know what you're going to see and what you're going to find. And it just uh, is kind of cool that you you end up with lots of cool stuff that that goes through your hands and some stuff you turn around and sell. We we cleaned out a storage unit in Wisconsin three or four months ago. We got got an Aaron Rodgers Green Bay Packers jersey out of that, plus a bunch of other Packers Christmas stuff and different memorabilia. But there were some coins, some individual coins in boxes in the bottom of one of the containers that was in that storage unit. And we took those coins with us to our next job a couple of days later, which was in Chicago. And we sold the coins to a coin dealer in Chicago for $650. So the people in Wisconsin get 35% of that money back, which is like 250 bucks approximately. Um, and they do none of the work, right? So. That's a good story. That's a very good story. And that's the kind of thing that we love to do. Um, we love to create, you know, refunds for people. We had another job we did here in the Rockville, Maryland area for the wife of a very well-known realtor here. 
and he had used us for years. We went in and cleaned out his wife's parents' home after they had passed away, and I think they got close to $1,000 back on what was about a $3,500 clean-out job. Now, that's, those are pretty good numbers, um, and that's one of the things that sets us apart in this business is that you can get some money back from us. What I was starting out to say is that I have right now, when I'm going back to the marketing concept, one of the ways to get the junk out of your business is through good marketing. And I go in at night and I go back through on my iPad through my years of jobs that we've done for people, many of these smaller Groupon jobs, and I have the names and addresses of the customers that we did the job for. I'm putting those in a big database and then I'm printing out address labels and sending out postcards to these folks, and I'm getting a rapidly growing database of people. I have about 500 realtors in there, and I've got about 220 of my clients in there, and I've got with me right now 30 more postcards going out to these clients telling them about our radio show and the deal they can get if they call in during the radio show to buy one of these vouchers. So we're constantly, I love to drop by the post office, parking lot of where I am right now, I love to drop by the post office and drop these postcards in the mail and increase our chances for more sales. And it's like getting a natural high every day because you, that's literally what you are doing. You're increasing the chances for more sales, and that's what we want to do. So I'm excited to uh, drop these off and put the word out there and just a quick, a quick shout-out for the concept of marketing and keeping yourself out there and having fun with it. Our Labor Day special has been a big success. Labor Day was, what, two months ago, three months ago? We're still selling Labor Day specials, right? And as soon as we have 15 of them sold, then that baby will be done. And we've got four more of them left. And we're quite excited about what we've been able to accomplish. It's really been terrific. So just a shout-out for marketing as a way to get some of the junk out of your business. Just a shout-out for the U.S. Postal Service, the good job that they do. Um, I'm a big fan of Vistaprint, where we create our postcards. Gives you a chance to use some of their templates, use some creativity, upload your own designs, your own logo, stuff like that. And they have great pricing, and they ship it to you faster than you might think. And then you have another marketing tool to go out. So I love the postcards idea, and I love to just you know, put, put postcard stamps on each of these when I'm sitting in line at the dump or whatever, and I'm constantly sending out more deals for people, giving them a chance to bite, basically. And if they bite, everything is right with the world. So anyway, there's some quick thoughts about business marketing, about junk removal. Remember to put time on your side in the junk removal arena and just don't fight against it. Just put it on your side and and chip away at it a little bit at a time, a bag full of stuff at a time to donate or recycle or sell or junk, whatever. And you'd be surprised how fast your home's going to get decluttered, your garage is going to get decluttered, and your life is going to get decluttered. So join us next week. We'll talk about some more ideas for how to get the junk out of your home, your office, and your life here on the Junk Refund Show. Thanks again to BBS Radio and uh, the great things that they do for us. And we will see you next week, Thursdays at 3 o'clock on the Junk Refund Show. I'm your host, Alan Cook. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Junk Refund Show, the longest-running junk removal radio show on the air. Join us next week as we discuss innovative ways to declutter your home, your business, and your life using 20 years of junk removal experience. Find out why we give out free ice cream gift cards to our clients, too. In upcoming shows, we will explore how to get the junk out of your relationships, your spiritual life, your waistline, even your travel life. Plus... Call in with questions and situations you would like some help with. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we are committed to bringing the next generation of junk removal because not all junk is junk. 
See you next week on the Junk Refund Show, every Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on BBS Radio TV.